before we start the show. I want to let you all know, the views, opinions, beliefs, and statements expressed are not necessarily those of 22 West Radio and Otaku Hourly. They are, in fact, of the host, guest, and or caller. 22 West Radio and Otaku Hourly hold no responsibility for the validity and or accuracy of information. Now with that out of the way, here we go. Jonathan Josar Beltran with Imagine of Matt. Welcome to your backdoor anime hangout. That is Otaku Arily. We are actually going to be doing a little bit of a circle round or report because our boy Imagine was over at the fifth annual Animation is Film Festival in Hollywood. So just want to check in how he was, what the event was like. Speaking of which, Imagine. How was the event? It was honestly so granted for uh, and foresight. I actually came a little bit later because unfortunately there was a bit of a, a miscommunication because I thought I was supposed to come later because uh, of uh, the one of the final schedules I was receiving. But other than that, getting there, fun time, uh, great time. Don't not worrying about the traffic. It was actually really nice being in Hollywood uh, and then getting to meet the directors of the respective shows that I was I interviewed for. Uh, Hilda and Melanie were very helpful. They were very nice people. Shout out to them. I appreciate the opportunity that they gave out to us and for me to just come by, hang out, talk a little bit. And then unfortunately, I actually also had to leave early because I have I am still a college student. I need to get my stuff done. I had a couple things to do that night. So other than that, it was just kind of very busy for being Hollywood, honestly. Mm, yeah. What was the setting like? How did how did it look? So uh, most of the interviews took place within the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel. Uh, nice hotel, looks very good. Elevator was a little bit slow and a little bit weird because they have to have security on elevators now, where you need to have a your room card and to go up a floor, so you have to get your room card detected on the elevator and then you press the floor that you want to go on. So that's to prevent, like, I guess, random people coming in the hotel and then going straight into the elevators and then just wandering among among the floors. Uh, hotel rooms, very nice. And then heading out to the TCL, Chinese, TCL 6 Chinese Theater, where each film was being presented, uh, such as Window in the Wild, Oni, Summer Ghost, Unicorn Wars, and a couple more, such as also Luck, the coming off the top of my head that I'm remembering. I mean, it's just the TCL6 Chinese Theater, and I wasn't entirely sure if I could go in with the uh, badge, with the badge that I have because I didn't also have any. I don't believe I also had any screening tickets to uh, go inside and watch any of the films, but we were also able to watch the films beforehand. And uh, tell us about the films that you did see. 
So the ones that I did see was Unicorn Wars, Summer Ghost, and Oni. All right. So uh, tell us which one you want to start off with. I'd say I'd like to start off with Unicorn Wars, but unfortunately that I didn't uh, have an interview for. But anyways, to just summarize Unicorn Wars, it's kind of it's kind of funny. It's really cutesy looking, extremely cutesy looking. But then it's it's think of Happy Tree Friends. It's it's very cute. But then there's so much gore. There's so much adult themes. There's so much that goes on with it. You're being sent through like flashbacks of Vietnam, having the uh, a war veteran PTSD. You're getting sent through that, but it's no PTSD. There's an actual, well, not really a war. And by the end of it, there was kind of actually no reason for it. But the whole point was that there is so much of, I guess, society that's being dominated by way by certain ways of thinking which caused these wars in the first place uh but regardless of that it's just really cute it's <laughs> it's very open to and i very mean and i ha- heavily mean very open you'd be it is not for the faint of heart even though how cute it looks uh i wouldn't recommend children under 13 go watch it <laughs> wow I, I, I would not it sounds as though it's like, uh, as you mentioned before, a happy tree friend situation, but it also reminds me of like Conker's Bad Fur Day in the sense of like this juxtaposition between cute and just overly violent and just overall mature themes being handled. Yes, absolutely. It was kind of crazy just watching cute, ted- cute, hug, ugly, uh, what was it? Cuddly. Cute, cuddly teddy bears go into war and then. One of the, and then like half of them do uh the equivalent of i guess a drug a uh, hallucinogenic there we go and then they were high for one night goodness gracious wow uh i mean were you just incredibly shocked at just the level of the amount of like violence and kind of edgy themes that this movie had well, I'm used to kind of like twists and turns, so it's not a huge surprise to me. But it did raise my eyebrows like, oh, OK, well, we're turning in this direction. I guess that's the whole point of it being called Unicorn Wars. I mean, the lo- the title logo actually has uh, some uh, a more brooding font to it, a, gr- a kind of graphic uh, symbolic meaning like, yeah, this is not your average kids show. This is not your average kids film that you should you don't let your kids watch this yeah in fact, it, in fact it's not a kids show or movie to begin with uh, yeah yeah uh, i i'm curious what kind of ideologies are being brought into the fray as you were mentioning before religion mm. Heavy, heavily heavily religion based um it, it's it's sort of in a way it's like religion versus science um well but the science being it's just nature being nature and nature is just fighting religion those that believe into the religion and it's just that that's the whole war that's all it's well that's all it's whole about um of who who's the more dominant uh species as it's bears versus unicorns and i i there's, there's really no reason for the war it's just bears versus bears versus unicorns and the whole reason is that it the, uh, the it's ideologies clash clashing well one ideology spread faith and beliefs into one to uh one of the races and they thought hey we're better than everybody else mm, got it so it's this sort of nationalistic pride that says yeah and just righteousness 
that's like being it's like being the apex predator like yeah we're the apex predators we're the top of the food chain except that's not how it happened i see got it and to be clear like is it is there like a narrative that you're going that you're following in this uh movie or or is it just a display of might there is there is a narrative in the movie uh it's not really talked about too much because it's mostly focused on the journeys of these bears the whole the whole the whole focus is mainly on these bears you only see it mainly from their perspective a little bit from the unicorn's perspective but by the end of it you everything like comes together and you get it's kind of actually really shocked by on the 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 ending it's like wow wait you know that makes sense that happens even though so it's funny that bear both animals kind of sort of resent some sort of some sort of similarities to human societies uh when you think it'd be monkeys (laughs) <laughs> in fact there is monkeys there are monkeys in the movie too yeah but they're they're completely neutral they don't they don't care about the war they just sit around and actually n- not fling feces at each other mm. they just sit around yeah just but mining. they're all they're also kind of important i see so they're minding their own monkey business if you will no pun intended i don't want to get too deep, too further and deep into it because it's just more i keep spilling i'll just end up spilling more of the story and plot for sure got it and uh do you happen to know where it's being uh when it's going to be premiering or is it going to be on a streaming service actually unicorn wars is just mainly being shown in theaters it was october 21st october 21st okay got it. So it's already out in theaters out to watch uh that's right yeah i was researching this before i even watched unicorn wars we're going to uh animation as film i was like where's unicorn wars going it says it's releasing this year uh, and it was, it was that's a full length film. This one is a full length film, as opposed to uh, most of the others. Finding your local theater, and it is also acquired by G Kids. So once distribution happens, uh, we will let you know. We will talk about the next film that you wanted to go talk about. Uh, what which one would that be? All right, no, you you take your pick. You take your pick here: Summer Ghost or Oni? Oni. Alright, this one's a, actually a really good one. I really loved Oni so much. Um, really? Not, I'm not diving in. I'm going to try my best not to dive into it. Yeah. Um, give, give us like a good, good Not to dive into the story give as much as possible. Good, yeah, give us a plot. So Oni, the Nergod's Tale, is basically about the mountains and nature. One day, they get a human, they get a human child vape and that baby grows up with them now think about this real real quick yokai that means that's the that's the equivalent of a demon or that actually does mean demon in japanese so demons are coexisting not coexisting but they don't know what that human child is eventually that human child just grows up goes through its life and the, the yokai they don't know what to do with it they all they're trying to learn much about it but they kind of don't know what it is is there's all the there's a bunch of other uh real japanese folklore creatures like the kappa demon uh that's also in there they all look really cute and honestly i like oni because it's super cute it's really (laughs) cute uh nothing very i guess gratuitous or mature maturely themed within this show but the best i can some the i bless it the best i can give the summary of the show is that look through someone else's shoes mm. that's mainly that's the, that's like the whole overall theme of the of the series 
I see. Yeah. Because I, I don't, I, I really cannot spoil it or say anything else other than that because that would be spoiling the rest of the show. This is something I highly suggest most people to watch because it's something that gives uh, more insight to how you should approach that, how you should approach things. Like, so if you don't know something, um, see what you can do to learn about it. Like, if you don't know about an animal, you read a book about it, you watch videos on it, you learn something about it, so you're kind of more prepared. Uh, if you have, if for some reason that animal comes into the the situation, or if you got to do work, you like if you're like working on, let's say chemistry, you're you're learning, you're doing on hands experience, but you also have to learn and uh, read and learn about okay, what is this? What am I doing with this? And everything about that you're jumping into the unknown mm. and that is something that uh is, i feel i want to say it's an innate fear in among every living living being right right because right. if i come up if i come up to like some random person on the street i don't know who they are i don't know their story and i don't know where they just might flip and go crazy or they're just gonna be a normal person i don't know i don't know them it could happen it could not and within the interview that i did with uh the director uh daisuke daisu tsutsumi and and sarah um which are two lovely people i love them they're really nice people i had a very good interview with them very good talking about basically the, the theme and everything about oni because uh, it, it touched my heart more than i guess the other two shows because uh, I want to learn about people, I want to learn about things, and that's all I can say. That Oni does its best to try to get you to understand about looking through another person's eyes. Mm, yeah, that's a very deeply relevant message to be to be had. In fact, why don't we listen to the interview right now? What inspired you to create this film? Yeah, um, I'm a native Japanese. Um, born and grew up in Japan and um, migrated to the United States when I was 18. So as a Japanese native and working in the film industry for some time, um, I always wanted uh, Japanese culture represented in mm-hmm. the Western filmmaking world. Um, the concept of Oni, uh, Oni is uh, always the villain character in Japanese mm-hmm. folklore, like a demon or a devil. Um, there's an interesting theory in uh, this Japanese history studies of Japanese folklore that uh, Oni might have been the representation of foreigners or the people who mm. look different from the regular Japanese people back mm-hmm. in ancient days. And I thought that was so interesting because it is such a human nature um, that we fear people we don't know or we fear culture we don't understand we fear the appearance of other people who may look different from you and it's very current it's it's mm-hmm. not that different you know from the world we live in today yeah. and i felt those two things japanese folklore and then the story of uh, the fear of outsiders fear of unknown um, I thought would be a great inspiration for some story, and that's how we started working on Oni. Mm-hmm. Okay, that sounds just about great because yeah, that makes a lot more um, sense for 
uh, today's society, especially um, even if you're even if like living in LA or in the surrounding area in, in Southern California, you're surrounded by a multitude of cultures. There's yeah. so many different kind of people, and it's interesting that a lot of these people actually ended up mostly coexisting. There's still the stigma of not liking uh, uh, another person because they don't look because they're not like similar to you. But for the most part, at least here, most people tend to at least for the, don't how to say bother each other there we go mm-hmm. we tend to kind of leave each other to our own like uh devices how we move on about on about our day but even even better is that there's there's still a group of people so pushing forward for unity that people want to be together and um there's a, a funny uh, funny thing that about only being uh, i guess the thing that people fear that fear because it's not so much of their own um and then the, uh within the story is that some spoilers that people haven't seen it or don't know about it. The Oni is actually the child that was brought in, and that made everybody else else afraid. As according to Japanese folklore, people would just be afraid of uh, nyokai and the kappa demon, uh, stuff like that. But in, in turn, they're the ones that are afraid because of just of a human child. They don't they can't do anything. They're just a human just for being who they are. So. It's great to know that how much the film relates to current society, um, of how, uh, oh yeah, how it relates to current current society and how everybody thinks about that. Um, say, how would that reception of say, in Japan, would compare to a global release? Because we all have different types of viewpoints of how we see it especially here in California. Well, I mean, honestly, I think the magical thing about this is how specific this story started, you know, from Dice's own journey, uh, you know, coming to America and just, you know, always feeling like you're caught between two cultures. I don't speak for you, but yeah, please feel free to accept it. Um, but, you know, for me personally, that story also drew me to, to Oni, right? I, but it's a little different, but I'm from Kentucky and I moved to the big city, you know, and I just feel like this story is so universal uh, even though it's specific to dice i just think no matter where you're from who you are you can relate to the journey of onari all right because you're if you're in a completely new place you don't know what's going on even if you grew up in the same in the country if you're just moving to like say go from a small town to a city like this is an entirely new environment you don't know where you're at you don't know what to do you don't know what it's like there so you'll be caught between people that would that would not really that would be also scared of you. Yeah, we're um, all trying to figure out how we fit in this world. <laughs> yeah. Right, it's like just a bunch of puzzle pieces yeah. that sometimes get a little bit rough on the edges, but yeah, it, they fit. They always fit. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to reformulate this question because funny enough, all the all, all three of the questions actually got answered in one go. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> of no, it's great because a great thing because there are many there are other like films and shows that some that try to depict modern society um, and how people treat each other and how it is and that the end message is usually that we want to try to promote unity, um, have friendly relations among everybody. But as the case there is to nowadays, especially what's going on, um, there's always people that have different ideas. Mm-hmm. So actually, yeah, intentions, ideal intentions, because I mean, as human beings, we're not the same. We we 
think differently. We have different viewpoints, especially that would grow, uh, that would be affected by growing up. As to say, like when you came over to the states and when you were 18, um, you uh, don't know that much about how everybody else thinks. So you kind of, you know, trying to stay on the sidelines and just watch everything and see how everything react uh, acts. And then at some point, you jump in and try to interact with that society. So how difficult was it to jump in actually yeah how difficult would it have been to jump into society like how Anare is being pushed out and then everything that's just happening to her and then and her own foster family mm-hmm. in a way that brought her in of oh, anything would be new you know I personally as me being a bit of an introvert. Uh, I personally try to fit in almost too perfectly. Like in the beginning, I try almost ha- try to hide that I'm Japanese in mm-hmm. a way. I try not to hang out with Japanese people, mm-hmm. and and I try to learn English just by forcing myself not to have anything to do with Japanese mm-hmm. culture. Like even I didn't eat rice in the beginning when I first came here. It's really no. stupid, but no. but I did. I did kind of have that, like, I gotta fit in, I gotta fit in. And then over time, I start to realize that's not the way it is. I should really learn how to embrace who I am and where I come from. And uh, But in the beginning, the insecurities and um, the fear, uh, still fear of unknown applied to my experience too. I was scared of America. I was scared of how people viewed me. So very similarly, you know, I just kind of uh, try to hide my own identity in a way. Mm-hmm. Fully understandable. Yeah, just completely fully understandable of how um, that would that would work out. But yeah, what would you say to people that are that could be in that situation? Do you have any? Um, I I really hope that the story of Onari inspires people to have courage to kind of look beyond what's in front of you and you know do the extra work to mm-hmm. understand where that fear is coming from, understand the other side. And we mm-hmm. always talk about this push and pull between light and darkness, and it's in all of us, right? But mm-hmm. just trying to take that first step to just understand and be curious. Mm-hmm. You know, I think yeah. a lot comes with curiosity and yeah. That's why Onari is our heroine. She goes on this <laughs> epic journey to discover, you know, who she is. Who she is, and then that she's like, then that she's like, okay, um, I'm just me. Yep. I can't do anything about that. So why don't you guys want to, you know, learn from me? Going back to like the society, like even I have a couple friends, I'm um, say, that are out of the states from Singapore, Hong Kong, Taiwan, uh, Australia, and whenever. Uh, so they they tend to be like exchange students. So whenever like they come here, like I have a couple friends in New York right now, um, and funny enough, she's actually completely okay with like adapting to how America is because mm-hmm. um, even if she was born here, uh, when she back when she moved back to her country, she actually ended up going to the international yeah, school. school. Yeah. yeah. So they, it was kind of like not that different from I guess. Uh, American schools or at least American society um, so when she uh, moved back here for school anybody else that that was basically with her like anybody else from like Hong Kong or China or Taiwan or Singapore or Vietnam they would be she stood out from them mm. because she had that experience of just being 
I guess, being able to know the language, know English, and just having that, I guess, out, out uh, forward personality mm-hmm. um, when she needs to. Everybody else around her tends to, like, shut her in their groups. Like, they, they don't want to stand out. Yeah. As you said before, they don't they want to stand out at all. So they tend to stay in their, their groups uh, and not try to force themselves to uh, speak English or interact with other students of different nationalities. Um, so... Yeah, I, I, I really like Oni for that specific reason. Um, and especially that's on, that's on Netflix because that's, that's, that's super available to everybody. And almost everybody has Netflix, right? So there's no way that no, and some people would be like, uh, I haven't watched that yet. Where, where is it again? I was like, oh, let me tell you. It's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 31 languages. And 31 yeah. languages. Yeah, that's actually really great too. Yeah. So if you, can't, if you can't see it in your own language, you might be able to see it in another one that you might know. So it's actually perfect. Yeah, I believe that's... Honestly, that's, uh, that's obviously all the questions I had. Um, thank, thank you so much. I, I, I really appreciate how much you watched and thought about yeah. it. It just really means so much to us. Because, I mean, even as myself, uh, as I grew up here, and being surrounded by a bunch of different cultures, yeah. like, I mean, I grew up with, like, Samoans, um, Mexicans, mo- yeah, mostly Samoans and Mexicans. And... Even as much as like I'm with them, I still don't feel like I'm a part. I'm like with like a part of them, per mm. se. But we also like do the similar things. Like we would play basketball or mm. football or swim or just anything like that, just to have fun because they're just activities. That's no different than um, getting getting up and doing anything else that we'd want. So it's not too much uh, difference among cultural stuff. And like I eat a lot of different foods too, especially food. That's the easiest part to get into a culture, yeah. right? You, oh, eat, yeah. you just eat different types of foods. Like, oh my god, this is amazing! Yeah. I love having tacos, uh, burritos, and uh, enchiladas, uh, birria, or or even going to like just some fast food place. Like, uh, I don't know if you've been to L and L. Um, having their spam musubi. Oh, uh, he's talking about spam it's it's a bit a little unhealthy side, but it's great. I love it. You gotta cheat yourself. Right. Yeah. So every now and then, every now and then, all the time. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, food unites all of us. If you, it really yeah, does. Maybe you notice in Oni, but we have quite a bit of delicious food on display. We're very proud of the CG natto. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that's the the hardest thing. You know, <laughs> CG and somehow we put yeah. a lot of energy. Right. Yeah. Especially like making. Oh yeah, making like um trying to make something really good create the feeling of it's really appetizing mm-hmm. uh, to the viewer because that's kind of that's actually really difficult if you know they're not there they don't they don't have this they don't have the sense of smell they don't have the sense of taste all they do is see it so it's it's hard to translate that to I guess just the sight it still looks looks amazing it's great it's like hmm, I wonder what that smell like I wonder what that taste oh, stuff yeah. like that I know I can't watch it when you <laughs> I'll just get more hungry. <laughs> I can't watch a lot of things when I'm hungry. It's like, oh no, I told myself I wouldn't eat anymore, but... Uh, you know, a lot of uh, Japanese uh, tweets, a lot of people who watch it, they're like, I'm going to make PB&J. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh that's, gosh. you know, like that's, introducing culture. That's <laughs> right? amazing. Man, because, yeah. you know, I actually studied abroad in Japan, oh. and it was really difficult to get my hands on some peanut butter. <laughs> and my mom actually, yeah. shipped a big box of peanut butter to me, and we had a big party at my university, and everyone was just like, yes, peanut butter. <laughs> it was such a wonderful yeah. day. <laughs> I'm glad yeah. you're inspiring. Yeah. <laughs> No problem. It's great to meet you guys too. Imagine where can we find Oni? Netflix. This is one definitely shown on Netflix. 
Got it. Got it. So I, most people should have access to this. I think you have Netflix. You can watch it. I don't have Netflix. I can't watch it. Oh. I don't want to go pay for Netflix. So I'll find <laughs> someone else with Netflix and watch it with them. It's okay. You at least have Plus Brack- side, I'm getting someone else to watch it with. There you go. There you go. And not only that, you actually have street cred because you talk with the directors. So there you go. I mean, as you've just listened through the, the throughout the interview, and I was stumbling so much, I didn't really come prepared with many questions. A lot of it, as I said, got answered within like the first five, first first three five minutes. I was like, oh, well then, uh, the, what other questions do I have now? I kind of don't, but I like talking <laughs> to you guys because it's such a it's such it's such an important subject within within modern society. Right. It's, yeah especially especially here in california we are literally an, an a huge mix of cultures yeah so that california. just don't know each other but we're here and we still exist it's both ironic and quite fantastic that this all happened in hollywood and this message is being spread spread about uh through this movie or uh, rather it's a series uh in netflix which is available now so, yeah, I, I think this will be a really great, wholesome addition to your uh, watch list. And finally, I believe ha- it's been available for about a year. Sorry. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, great, great, great. So that means, yeah, <laughs> everybody here has no excuse. You uh, <laughs> can watch it now. All right. And the final movie, Summer Ghost. Tell, tell me more. A fantastic short film. About a matter, but it's about an hour. Basically, that revolves around the whole idea of death. These kids uh, met each other, and they decided to light fireworks together. You eventually learn their story, but they have like heavy burdens that's just weighing them down, and they end up meeting a ghost girl that just shows up to them, like, "Hey, what y'all doing? Just live your lives, have a good time." And after like meeting that ghost girl, everybody basically goes sort of goes back to their own lives to try to recuperate what they have, like just to think things out. But one of the kids, um, Tomoya, he went out of his way to go back to that same spot where all three of them lit fireworks to try to meet her again. And he wanted to know more about her. And she eventually told him everything that happened to her. Uh, of why she's a ghost and why she's still around uh, and why she's still like messing with them not really messing with them but just kind of existing on sort of their plane and why can they only see her when they're lighting fireworks that's uh, uh, the biggest part is that the title is Summer Ghost and in Japan um, they have a festival in the summer called the Obon Festival which is similar to like uh, the the Day of the Dead uh, festival that we have here in Southern California and also in, uh, I believe, I don't want to be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's Mexico, to respect the afterlife. So that's why this film is mostly dated, or the setting is in the summer. I was wondering, like, why not in the winter or fall or spring? And these questions are stuff that I asked within the interview I had had with the director. Um, awkwardly put, also, gotta say this again. A little bit unprepared. Didn't have that much questions. I was like, ah, shoot. This has been about 
two, three years since I last actually interviewed someone. This is going to be very scuffed. And it's very scuffed it was. Very scuffed it was, but they were very nice people. Mm. Uh, thankfully, the questions that I have asked uh, were pretty much able to be answered. Um, and I can actually understand it, and I also get behind the meaning of this film, too. Ooh, um, that's great. Because, yeah, it's centered around death. And a big part of it is the heavy burdens that the kids have. The biggest issue in Japan is suicide. A lot of kids can't take it anymore. They end up choosing to commit suicide from just either being heavily bullied or too much academic pressure or something just happened to them and they can't like they can't pull themselves together to continue to pull through or they might not be able to live long enough to be able to pull through having these kids having their own burdens they have to know that they can't just give up and that's that's like how how a lot of teenagers kind of act but it's just a it kind of helps people to sort of push through that idea but at the same time <laughs> funny funny thing is that you also hear this in the in, in the interview the director was like i was drawing something like this one day and i was like hmm you know what let's try to make a film about that and so <laughs> it kind of sprouted out from that which is like oh okay all right cool that's kind of funny that's actually pretty funny even though it's a very serious topic right. uh, and so stuff charming. like that <laughs> it sounds like he has a good sense of humor honestly because I mean, they're working on other, they're working on other stuff. They're like, okay, we're gonna do that, and then just maybe take a break from that stuff. Went on to this. I was like, ah, oh, fresh air, something new, something new that kind of breaks the, the the mold. Let's go with that for now. For sure. And as most people do rate this film, it's pretty, it's like pretty high, relatively high. But there's like so many other films that also talk about similar things. This one is just me this one takes it in a different step in a different culture mm. what are some other films that come to mind unfortunately i have to always say my all-time favorite silent voice mm. that one heavily has also a, a major theme about suicide due to bullying uh yeah bullying and not being able to recuperate one's own life like lifestyle altogether because it all shattered uh all shattered right in front of them right before their very eyes and they don't know what to do after that um that for sure can't really think of it off the top of my head because I watch a good amount of films, shows, series, and this topic usually gets handled within those series either by maybe uh, an arc or a, or like a couple of episodes. It's usually not really touched that well as far as I know. But then again, that's just not me remembering that well. Mm. But I know I'm very sure that especially right. within, I guess, indie or folklore stories, mainly, mainly relatively independent i want to say um they kind of dive deep into this because it's a it's still a, a pretty big issue and it's not just not just in japan not just south korea it's everywhere even here in the states anywhere it's basically global it's funny when you mention about all of these themes because it reminded me of uh, great teacher onizuka where they it tackled some aspects of that as well where we had right right yeah, right there was a student who wanted to commit suicide because he kept getting bullied there was also mentions of many students like just resenting school life simply because it's so academically rigorous and it's not just academically rigorous it's you so i think most school systems within 
uh, within Asia, they are extremely difficult because apparently they learn calculus two, calculus two and three in high school, and thus we just go at most like calculus two, and it's not. And for us, that's extracurricular. For them, that's that's mandatory, which is that's insane. Um, and they're also forced to try to be pushed into society by being required or having like a high recommendation at the very least a high recommendation or if or if it's if it's not a requirement to uh to join clubs to interact with uh communities to find to learn more about your local markets or local businesses stuff like that um i i i believe and i see that more uh within asian school systems asian societies as opposed to well, I mean, for example, here in the States, as far as I know, it was just very extracurricular. If we wanted to go do that volunteer work, if you wanted to join a club, could do that. And no one's really pressuring you to do that. But for them, it's it's the pressure is just bigger there than it is here. I'm trying my best to really explain it as much without really spoiling it. It's just so difficult trying not to spoil things. And I mean, again, Summer Coast has been a, been out for just about a year. It was released last year in 2021, uh, and Japan, I believe right? this was the yeah I believe yeah in Japan. And this one uh, it was a global release here at the Anime Anime is Film. No, it was not Anime is Film. It was Animation is Film. Was it Anime Expo? No, I think it was Anime Expo. Oh, interesting. I think it was Anime Expo. I see. We'll, we'll one of these on one that. of these shows was Anime Expo. One of them was on Anime Expo. It was either Oni or is this one? One of I the see. two. I see. Got it. Yeah, no, that that sounds great. And speaking of great, why don't we listen to that interview? What really inspired you to assist or create or just have built the idea of of this film? Yeah, so the inspiration was really like this one illustration that I drew. Um, I drew it at, at a time when like I was really busy as an illustrator, but um, I, I realized that what I was drawing was really just to meet the needs of what the society expected of me mm-hmm. and not really something that I wanted to draw. So although I was really busy, like I, I drew something that I wanted to draw and that was a sum, like an illustration that was based on Summer, or that eventually became Summer Ghost. Um, and then from there, I really got this idea of like, Oh, like so maybe if I light a firework, you know, like maybe people can see ghosts. Like I got that idea. Then I started really thinking about ghosts and then how we want to live, how we want to die. Why did the ghost become a ghost? Like how did the why did the ghost die? And I really think like summer ghost in the film, like it was really like an accumulation of what everything about my work and um, what I had put in, but also it was. It really represented my resolution to become an anime director as another step from being an illustrator. Mm, okay, I see. So as sort of a follow-up to that, actually, why specifically ghosts? <laughs> so, Because you can choose like any other sort of, uh, I guess, a medium instead of ghosts. It could be uh, an animal, like animal spirits or, or objects, uh, stuff like that, as I've seen in other previous films. Uh, I mean most notably from Studio Ghibli, but yeah, so things like that. So why just specifically ghosts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, first I really wanted to depict the human as a ghost, uh, you know, so, and also the fact that the urban legend said that, you know, this ghost had committed suicide and became a ghost, I think that that was really an important aspect to the three characters. And also like ghosts, 
in Japanese summer is very they're very highly connected like we have the Obon festival where the dead come back and you know visit us um, in August so then I really think like summer ghost and fireworks or everything that was very normal to Japanese people there's it's very relatable so I think I went with that okay as much as it is like tied to summer in the for the Obon festival and such uh, that where ghosts are mostly connected to the society back then. It's, it's different in many cultures that they have their own sort of Day of the Dead festival, yeah. that they can spend their time offering gifts and paying their respects to their deceased family or friends or anybody else like that. Why does she mainly appear in summer when she could have also appeared in fall or winter? Yeah, so I think like, you know, starting with the motif of like firework, I really think to me, you know, fireworks are something beautiful, but also it's a little bit lonely because, you know, it, it's fleeting and it ends like, and it ends so pretty quickly, you know, so, and I think like bringing in like the ghost as a motif, I really thought like, yeah, I could have done it in another season, but well, fireworks are usually done in the summer and even though the story probably didn't have to be in the summer, it would have worked, but seeing the ghost and then for the characters to be thinking about like, what do I want to do with my life? Like, I think it coincidentally just worked out. Like, seeing meeting the ghost in the summer and then trying to decide what to do was like, it, it, it turned out to be okay. Like the message that I wanted to say in this movie, it, it just worked out. But coincidentally, the summer, the ghost, the fireworks all just worked in the summer season. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why would it be, why would the summer ghost relate towards mainly city people? Would the same story have worked in the countryside as it would in more city-developed areas? Yes, I think, you know, like, the characters, yes, like, they, they may be from, like, a city type of setting, but I think the whole, as humans, what's common with among us is that no matter where we live, we all have, we all face different problems, so then I think even though, if it's in, like, a countryside setting, you know, I, even if it is in a countryside setting, like the situation or like the the elements might be different, but I think the core problem stays the same. And actually, you know, if I have the time, like I would like to have more stories about maybe you know characters who live in the countryside setting too. Mm. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I believe that is. So that's my final question. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, pretty chill people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I was very not well put together in the interview, but I did my best. Yeah, did my best. Hey, no, I I appreciate you taking the time, man. I I'm 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 sincere about that, honestly. And I know it's been a while since we've done interviews, like because pandemic and all that jazz. Uh, mm-hmm. Regardless, uh, I do want to say thank you so much, Mad Imagine, for really taking the time to volunteer yourself to interview them to watch these films give your thoughts uh, so thank you so much man of course it was my pleasure it was still really fun regardless of uh being late there for my attendance i still made it was still able to at least do the interviews for what we wanted to do and it's just kind of nice just being in hollywood hey 
Hollywood. Hollywood, yes. A lot of tourists, still a lot of tourists, still a lot of people walking, uh, still a lot of people walking around. Maybe not as much as before, but yeah, there's like a lot of people taking pictures in front of the TCL6 Chinese Theater. I'm I'm curious, did, were were there any was there anyone asking you what in the world is going on? No, not really, because I mean it's just a, it's it's and during the daytime it's just a regular it was just a regular uh, theater. It just looks it's just the TCL6 Chinese theater. A lot of people were just taking pictures of it because it looks really cool, it looks nice, and it's one of the iconic areas to be to take a picture of in while you're in Hollywood. Uh, but I mean, if we want to say at night for the red carpet Friday night. Uh, of the first night of anime, animation is film festival uh that was i'm just going to be assuming because unfortunately i was not there none of us were but that was the red carpet night for uh film for a couple films uh one of them being wendell in the wild which features key and peel they're in it i was like what really that's actually pretty crazy i believe jordan peel directed it or produced it one of the two i know he i know he was working on it and i think uh michael keegan also too that's but they're they were definitely on they were de- definitely on staff um and by the end of animation this film festival was actually a sneak preview of guillermo del toro's um pinocchio oh that's exciting. and that's yeah that's exciting that's made by <laughs> that's by the man himself the master of monsters in film in 3d uh 3d cgi animation this film is split between two weekends not one entire not just one weekend not an entire week but two weekends which is i, I think that's kind of weird but it does work out gives a lot of t- a lot of breathing space a lot of time to set up for like the next set of films or just to to go out with a bang I do also want to extend our gratitude to Melanie Marquez, Hilda Samariba, as well as Sophia Conda, 42 West LLC, for the invitation. Woo! Thank you. Thank you three so much for this opportunity. It means the world. I'm sorry I was late. <laughs> Still, regardless, uh, once again, Matt Imagine, really appreciate your time, and uh, I hope for the best. For you, for the three mentioned, as well as the film's success uh, over the coming years. That being said, yeah. With that being said, show host Jonathan Joseph Beltran with Matt. Not totally late, I imagine. We'll see you all at the next Backdoor Anime Hangout. Peace out.